In Your Money Today, Carolyn Wright asks what we should be doing in terms of choosing MPF allocations this year. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. I'm joined again today by Greg Van, CEO of the digital wealth platform Endowus. Now, last time we were talking about MPFs and what you should bear in mind around them. We're going to take a look a little bit more about optimising performance today. Thank you for joining me again, Greg. Thanks for having me. I know you're possibly not too keen on doing this from the conversations we've had before, but what are some of the more interesting markets or sectors you're looking at for 2024? And is this something we should not be doing remotely in the slightest related to our MPF or not? I personally believe that we should be in control of our money, whether that's cash or MPF. And depending on how you mentally account for MPF, can actually help inform you on how you should be investing that money, whether or not to be what they call tactical active or strategic and passive. Now, we have to take a step back and think about the advisory framework of what makes sense for people's money, right? We often say you should have core goals, and that's plural, towards core life needs. So my down payment, my new car, my child's education, my parents, my retirement, are all forms of core life needs. And for those, we really, really advise clients to not be tactical, right? We advise them to be globally diversified at a level of risk appropriate for their goal. Once you've sorted that out, you have what we call satellite goals. Again, can be plural, completely optional, where you want to express your view because you think that there is a better risk return trade-off in being or holding such a view. Now, people in the last year, in 2023, paid off in the short term for holding a view on, for example, the Magnificent Seven technology sector, the generative AI beneficiaries, uh, or what people perceive to be those beneficiaries into the future. But you have to understand something about markets is essentially the price of those securities. Yes, the promise could be there. But the price of those securities are bid up to a price where the market thinks, okay, you know what? This is the fair price for this asset. For example, if I go to the market and I see two bananas, and one banana is $5 and one banana is $10. Now, the $10 banana is organic, grown on some beautiful hillside somewhere, amazing marketing, completely carbon neutral, etc. And and it tastes like the best banana you've ever had. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now imagine if that is a company that is a huge beneficiary of generative AI and people bid up the price of that banana. Now the banana starts at $10 and then tomorrow you go to the market and you really like that banana, but now it's $20. And you still really like that banana because it gave you a, a dreamy state and you buy the banana at $20. But then the next day you go back and it's $50 and you say, forget it. I'm going to buy the other banana at $5. Okay, (laughs) that is exactly how markets work. And people need to appreciate the prices that are struck by the market every day where trillions of dollars changes hands trying to set these prices. That being said, going back to these satellite goals. Right. What type of, and and again, staying away from the core goals, but these are tactical views that you can express. In the higher interest rate environment, fixed income is really interesting. You know, if rates do get cut in the near future, 
fixed income will not only benefit from heightened yields today of 6, 7, 8%, but also price appreciation, because when the rates get cut, the bond prices will go up to decrease the yields commensurately. So if you are able to buy fixed income today, you can benefit not only from the yield, but potential price appreciation there. Technology is a long-term compounder. You know, we've never really seen technology in its dominant state as we have in this day and age. So people think there is long-term view, but again, be very, very careful of the price that you're paying. And, and probably diversify to, across a lot of technology. Correct. Exactly. And I would diversify across, exactly, diversify across a lot of technologies so you're not subject to that one company losing an antitrust case, getting taxed up the wazoo, and really, really, you know, getting caught up in some geopolitical storm, right? You don't need to subject yourself to that. You can be diversified. ESG is another trend that is sort of underpinning everything because we're in a state where we need it, and governments acknowledge that. In large institutions have ESG mandates, and they are mandated to move a lot of their assets into ESG assets. And that will move markets because markets are a function of supply and demand. And then another one is healthcare. People are living longer. They say healthcare is one of those super, super long term trends that will benefit from an aging population, which we definitely see, has inflation of prices much higher than general inflation, and we've seen that for a long time, will have a major supply-demand crunch, which means that the prices will be even higher again, and is one of those trends that are impossible to ignore in our lifetime. So I think what you're effectively saying is areas that really do very logically have potential for long-term growth. And there are many reasons behind that. But it, it's, again, being sensible and, again, being diversified. And, and being conscious of the prices you're paying and not just diving in because it sounds good. You know, because it sounds good, because it is good, the prices are bid up to a price where people are like, you know what, I'm actually happy to also own those bank stocks at that price relative to the price of those very, very interesting companies. Not that banks are not interesting. <laughs> so, but, so, but they're probably going to be around for a while. <laughs> they're probably going to be around for a while. And, and, you know, when the prices get bid up like this, you're subjecting yourself to a lot more volatility as well. So, again, we're all about helping people organize their wealth towards their life goals. And you need to do that first bit of sorting out your core goals towards your serious life needs, and then thinking about these satellite positions, if you want to take them. And another thing on satellite positions is I personally believe if you're taking those views that are not for your core goals, but you're taking these market views, you probably need to monitor them more closely and trade them a bit more. So all that being said, I mean, I, I probably don't think MPF is the pocket of money to do this with. You can right. do it with your cash savings. Yeah. If, if you've sorted out your core life needs and you have excess cash and, you know, you think you have some special insight, but I would just be very, very humble. I mean, it's, it's interesting, you know, a little insight on, on sort of what we see in Endow's clients is they start off with a lot more satellite activity 
and then slowly reduce that activity over time because they realize it's very hard and they're not necessarily, even though they spend more time in research and, and all that, they're not necessarily able to consistently perform. Fascinating. So, so much. It makes a lot of sense there with what you say. Thank you so much again for joining me. Greg Van, CEO of the Digital Wealth Platform and Dowis.